Hi, and welcome to the next edition of the Interlude podcast series with Circle, the Center for International Relations and Cultural Leadership Exchange at the University of Washington. My name is Felipe Martinez, and I serve as Executive Director for Circle. Thanks for joining us today. This podcast is the second of two that will discuss the internships for undergraduate international students. In the podcast today, we will focus on tips for success in finding an internship. To learn more about getting started with the process and what things to keep in mind as an international student, please check out the first podcast of this series. It will be important to note that the podcast assumes that the students and the internship are physically located in the U.S. If you have specific questions about internships while studying for your home country, please reach out to ISS directly. Our guests, Kiwi from ISS and Caitlin from the iSchool, are back to help us learn more about internships. Kiwi and Caitlin, welcome back to the podcast. So, Caitlin and Kiwi, thank you again for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to share uh, your knowledge and resources with international students. In the last podcast, we focused on things that students need to keep in mind when finding and securing an internship. And in this one, we're going to focus more on, you know, how to successfully find an internship. In the last podcast, we talked about things that students need to keep in mind when finding and securing an internship. And in this one, we're going to focus more about standing out when looking for an internship and other things that students need to keep in mind outside of CPT and OPT. So again, thank you for joining us. So let's say now that we have a student that, you know, they found the perfect internship, something that's aligned with what they want to study, but they have a question is, how do I stand out to make sure I'm a, a competitive applicant? So I'm wondering if you had any tips for students. Yeah, so this is a really common question I get from students um, in a sea of all of these applications. How do I make sure that a recruiter or a hiring manager will see my application and notice me? So the first thing that you can do is to tailor your application materials to the internship description. So that includes your resume and your cover letter. A lot of folks will use one resume and cover letter that they send out to every internship that they're applying to. And the problem with that is that a few things. The first is that for a lot of companies, they use something called applicant tracking systems. So the first thing looking at your resume or your cover letter is actually a computer that's screening for keywords from the internship. If you don't have those keywords somewhere on your resume, a real person won't even look at it. So it's really critical that you're reading through the internship description and incorporating some of those core qualifications on your resume and in your cover letter. The other thing is that by having one version of your resume and cover letter, it's not going to be very persuasive. These are really meant to be materials that after reading them, the hiring manager should have a really great sense of why you're a good fit for a particular role or internship. And so this is why it's so critical that you do tailor those materials to each position that you're applying to, even though that will take a little bit more time. If you ever need help with um, polishing your materials or really tailoring them to a position, the current internship center offers one-on-one appointments so you can meet with a coach to get some feedback on how to make sure your materials are really tailored to the role. I also recommend creating a LinkedIn profile if you don't have one yet. 
to just really show an employer who you are, your strengths and your experiences, and what are some of the things you have to offer an employer. A lot of recruiters do look at LinkedIn as they're looking through application materials to really assess whether someone would be the right candidate for a job that or an internship. That is really the first place that a lot of recruiters will look as they're comparing candidates and deciding who to bring in for an interview. So you do want to have a really great online presence through LinkedIn. And then the last thing I would recommend is to practice your interview skills even before you're getting to the interview stage for an internship. Um, because interviewing is a skill like anything else. It does really take practice to get comfortable talking about your experience and really showing why those experiences have prepared you for this internship. And again, if you need help with that, the Career and Internship Center does offer mock interview appointments. So that's a place where you can practice your interviewing skills and get some really great feedback. So you're able to get to that interview feeling really confident and able to be very persuasive and show why you're the best candidate for the internship. Some other ways to stand out um, are building your experience um, before you're even ready to do an internship. So thinking about things like student organizations or student leadership to have some additional experiences on your resume. Certainly everything you're doing in the classroom counts as experience. So really highlighting that in your materials. What have you been learning and how would you apply that in an internship? And then campus jobs and part-time work are also really valuable, even if they're in an unrelated area because all of those skills you're building, your collaboration skills and communication skills, all of those are going to translate to the internship experience. So all of those different things that you're doing in and out of the classroom can really help you to stand out once you start applying for internships. Thank you, Caitlin. And then, you know, that's everything that you mentioned is very important, especially when students, they, they may perceive that they, they're not competitive for a particular opportunity. But thank you for mentioning all the different things that they could pull from in order to make sure that uh, they could see that in themselves. So thank you for that. So QB, anything that you want to add in this to the same question? Yeah, I would love to echo the points that Caitlin made about um, finding ways to highlight your experience um, that may not be a formal job or internship. So for many international students, I know that they worry that they may not stand out because F1 student work authorization can feel limiting at times, but, you know, clubs and student organizations on campus jobs, these are all really great ways for international students to get those experiences that they can highlight um, to be competitive. Also, you know, I just want to call out the fact that there are many um, soft skills or experiences that international students have that will make them excellent candidates. So, you know, being multilingual, um, you know, pursuing a degree in what is likely not your first language, all of these are skills and experiences that, that make international students excellent um, candidates. And so being able to highlight the, you know, the pros of this experience um, is, is really important. Thank you, Kiwi. Also, great words of encouragement, and that hopefully for the students listening, they they really listen to all of the, the tips that you and Kaylin shared uh, to show how they are already competitive for, for in, to look for an internship. Um, so now let's, let's shift the conversation a little bit. Uh, so for example, in, at the Utah, we talk a lot about networking and referrals as a way to potentially know, know of opportunities. 
to be able to get an internship. Can you talk about importance of networking and referrals in relation to getting an internship? Yes. So this is something we talk about all the time, um, how important networking really is. And, and to really illustrate that, about 70 to 80 percent of jobs and internships in the United States, at least, are filled through networking. They're never posted on job boards or on company websites. Um, and I think this is especially true this year with everything that's been going on with the pandemic. There's been a lot of uncertainty by employers for what, what internship programs are going to look like. And that sometimes has resulted in opportunities getting filled through conversations rather than traditional recruitment methods, although there's still a lot of recruiting for internships that is going on. So this is why networking is so important. Um, I really encourage students to set up what are called informational interviews. So these aren't actually interviews. They're really just short conversations with a working professional or a UW alumni where the goal is really focused on relationship building. So it's not about asking that person to help you get an internship. It's really more about learning what are they doing? What does their day-to-day -day look like? Any advice that they might have um, for someone who's interested in working in this field? Um, and, and just kind of learning a little bit more about what it would be like to have a similar kind of job. Um, while the goal of this is not asking outright for an internship, it really is about building a relationship, what will usually happen if you have a really great conversation with someone, especially if they are a UW alum, they're going to look for ways to help you. And what that often might mean is that they may have a colleague or someone else in their network who has a really great project that they would love to have an intern working on. And they may not have a formal intern program that they're posting on Handshake, but they would love to hire one of our students to work on that as an internship. And so that's often how students do land internships. They have a great conversation with an alum or a working professional. That person forwards their resume to a colleague, and then they may get a call or email a few weeks later from someone saying, you know, I heard from my colleague that you would be a really great intern for a summer project that we have. Um, so this is why networking is so critical. Um, Building out those relationships uh, will not only help you find internships, but also it can eventually lead to full-time job opportunities as well. Anytime you have one of those conversations, I definitely encourage you to send a thank you email after you have the conversation. And that's where it would be appropriate to ask for a referral. So a referral um, for a lot of bigger companies, they will use referrals um, to kind of act as a pre-screen. So if someone has a conversation with a candidate outside of the traditional recruitment process, and then that referral comes through, that kind of gives you an extra edge in um, getting seen by hiring managers for the internship recruitment process. So if you have a great conversation with an alum, sending them a follow-up email, and just sharing that after your conversation, you found an internship at the company that you're really interested in, would they be willing to give you a referral? And that's often what helps our students get past um, the application stage and get into interviews and eventually land an internship. Thank you, Caitlin. And then is that reframing of networking is key, right? So think of it more as relationship building, and then you're getting to know a new person or potentially making a new connection or a new friend. That in itself is networking. Thank you for that. So let's say now that we have students who are looking for internships and they look, uh, they come across a particular opportunity, they may look a little odd. Uh, how does a student know if an internship opportunity is legitimate? 
Yeah, so this is a really important question because unfortunately there are some scams out there, especially when it comes to internships. And they're often unfortunately targeting international students who um, are really eager and excited to have an internship opportunity and may not realize that, that this opportunity is a scam. So some things to look for to assess, is this a legitimate opportunity or not? These are some really common warning signs. Um, if the employer asks you to send money or asks for your credit card or bank information as part of the application process, that's immediately a sign that it is not a legitimate opportunity. Similarly, if um, in the application process, you're asked to transfer money as a condition of employment. Um, so sometimes you'll go through an interview and they would ask for that. That's immediately a sign that you do not want to accept this internship. In reading through a description, anything that promises a really large salary for a small amount of work, if it seems out of proportion, that's usually a sign that it may not be a legitimate opportunity. Um, for the interview process, interviews that happen by text message or online chat, um, a real opportunity will always happen either by phone um, or by Zoom or some other online platform. It will be a conversation. It won't happen through a text message or online chat. Um, certainly, if you're asked for any personal information like a social security number during the application or interview process, um, that's definitely a sign that something is off. Um, you'll never be asked for any of that information until you've actually been hired. Um, so that's usually a tip. And then certainly typos in a job description or just something that feels too good to be true. You're reading through it and you think this, this doesn't sound like it could possibly be real. That's probably a sign that it is not actually a legitimate opportunity. But if you're ever not sure, definitely um, you're not alone in trying to assess this. We really want to make sure our students get a lot of support around assessing whether an opportunity is real or not. So I definitely encourage you to set up an appointment with someone in the Career and Internship Center to just look through it together to really assess whether this is going to be um, a real opportunity and make sure that, that you're able to land an internship that will um, give you exactly what you're looking for in a legitimate way. Wow. Thank you. And it's it's important to remember to remind students that, you know, if something doesn't feel right, it's always important to, you know, to reach out to someone at the UW, like you mentioned, you know, someone at the Career Internship Center. So that way to really make sense as to whether or not an opportunity is legitimate. Um, so now let's shift a little, a little, uh, the conversation a little. So now let's say that we have, you know, the student has been successful. They went through the interview, they were hired, and now they're starting their internship. Uh, what are some tips that you, uh, that you want to share with students about working with their employer? Yeah, so I'll start with some things to think about to really make the most of your internship. Um, I really encourage you to look for opportunities to learn new skills, especially skills that you wouldn't be able to develop in the classroom. Um, an internship really is meant to be a learning experience, an opportunity for growth. And so really thinking about what are those skills you want to learn during your time in the internship. Really encouraging you to 
ask a lot of questions. That is part of learning process. Um, I think sometimes students are afraid that by asking questions, it will seem like they don't know what they're doing. Um, but remembering again, this isn't meant to be a place where you're able to learn and grow and make mistakes and learn from them. So um, don't be afraid to ask questions um, to help with that learning. Really encourage you throughout the whole process from beginning to end, communication is really, really critical. So communicating clearly with your supervisor, making sure they understand what your needs are, what you're wanting to get out of it, um, and that they're really providing the support that you need to be successful. Looking for opportunities to network with your fellow interns and with other people in the company. We just talked a lot about how valuable networking is, really leveraging your internship experience to do some more of that networking. So setting up informational interviews with the people that you're working with to learn a lot more about the work that they're doing in the company. That can often be something that may help you land a full-time job in the future. And then finally, just maintaining professionalism, showing up on time, staying very curious about everything that you're doing, and just bringing a really positive mindset to your internship experience. Um, it's a great way to learn and grow and build out skills, but you really want to go into it with that mindset of wanting to get the most out of the opportunity. Thank you, Caitlin. Anything to add from the ISS perspective? Yeah, um, I'd love to add just a consideration that students should keep in mind once they do begin working. We all know that situations, opportunities, internships can change and that perhaps the hours, perhaps, you know, perhaps it's not a good fit or perhaps it's a great fit and you want to stay on. All of these things are factors that would need to be conveyed to the ISS office. So your CPT authorization is tied to a, that specific offer that you originally applied for. So it's really important for students to remember or to keep in the back of their mind that if something changes, they need to be in touch with us before that change would take effect or, you know, before they make a decision about leaving the position or extending the position. Um, all of these changes that I mentioned would require at least an update. Um, so a form that they would submit to the ISS office um, to update that authorization or, you know, maybe it's a new application. Um, so just keeping in mind that while this experience is, you know, very valuable and that I absolutely support Caitlin's tips as well, but if things change, just remember that this opportunity is tied to that specific authorization. Thank you, Kibi. So both of you have shared incredible insight with students in the previous podcast and in this one. But before we go, we wanted to make sure uh, to ask if there's anything that you want to make sure uh, that students listen and pay attention to or any tip, additional tips that you want to share with students. I think one thing that I can share is that sometimes you do get into an internship experience and it may not be exactly what you were expecting or hoping for. And that can be very disappointing for students that you've gone through this whole process, you've made it to the internship, you get into an internship, and then it's not quite what you were hoping for. What I'd really encourage students to think about is sometimes the greatest value of doing an internship is that it may help you figure out something that you don't want to do. And there is actually a lot of value in, in kind of as you're assessing where you want to go next in your career, it's just as valuable to get more information about what you do want to do as what you don't. It's something that you can then cross off the list as you're starting to think about 
next steps for your career path and for landing a full-time job. And then if that happens, also really reflecting on what are the things that you can still get that will be valuable in this internship. So even if the experience isn't exactly what you were hoping for, are there specific skills that you're still able to develop? Are there relationships you're able to nurture through networking that might be really valuable in the future? So even if you find yourself in a situation where it's not exactly what you had hoped for, figuring out ways to still turn that into a positive learning experience where you're getting some value out of it um, and then using what you learn from that for your next step in applying for a full-time job once you graduate. Thank you, Caitlin. Kivi? Yeah, I would like to just add um, as a reminder to F1 students that CPT authorizations are part of your immigration record. So, you know, this is part of your history as an F1 student in the United States. And the ISS office, we're here to help support you as you engage in practical training, because it is such a valuable experience of, of being a student, but also a valuable benefit of your F1 status. To that point, I wanted to mention something that comes up that we talked a little bit about in the prior podcast, but just, you know, a, t- a tiny bit of technical advice here is about getting as much um, authorization or as many experiences as you'd like. So there is a limit, as I mentioned, to how long a student can work on CPT if they're pursuing a full-time authorization. And a full-time, when we talk about immigration F1 work authorizations, full-time is more than 20 hours, which is different from the kind of work world where we're used to saying that 40 hours is full-time. But a student has a limit of 364 days, so just less than one year of full-time CPT before that use of CPT will impact being able to find um, or to be eligible for post-completion OPT. So a student could engage in as much part-time authorization, so 20 hours or less, that they wanted to. If they wanted, if you know, as Caitlin said, if they the internship that they had wasn't a great fit and they've learned you know, maybe this path isn't the one for me. They want to try something different um, as long as it's, you know, still related to their field of study, the part-time authorization, they could have as much as they want. But but again, this is something that is tied to your immigration record. So I really recommend that all students keep very detailed records of any activities that they engage in. So keeping copies of offer letters. Um, if you're in a less formal internship, maybe you're keeping a log of your own hours that you worked. It's always just so beneficial to have this documentation saved in a safe place because it may be important or it may come up at a future point in your um, journey that you'll need to reference that information. So having it on hand um, is really important. Thank you, Kiwi. Definitely great reminders for students. So before we go, uh, is a, you know, we talked in this podcast and in the previous one, we spoke at length about the internships, how to be successful and things to keep in mind. But if students continue to have, after listening to the podcast, if they have questions uh, or they want to learn more, what do you recommend that they do? So I'll give another plug for the Career and Internship Center. Um, In addition to their really great workshops and one-on-one coaching appointments um, and practice interviews, they also have a website with a lot of valuable resources for students. There's a whole section dedicated to internships, including a lot of really great um, reflection questions, things to think about before doing an internship, during an internship, and then afterwards. um, So you can really leverage that experience 
when you're thinking about next steps in your career. So definitely checking out all of those great resources. Um, and one additional resource I'll plug is um, the Husky Landing site, which is a great resource for networking. So that's um, through the UW Alumni Association. It's a, basically a database of University of Washington alumni who are really open to having networking conversations with students. So as you're thinking about how to build out your network and start establishing some of those relationships with working professionals, taking a look there to see who might be willing to have a conversation with you. Thank you, Kayla. Kiwi? Yeah, for us, I'll just plug our website again, um, iss.uw.edu is a great place to start when you have questions. Um, we have many pages about work authorization, CPT specifically. As I mentioned in our last podcast, the orientation course is really helpful because it can guide students through the many scenarios that they'll be facing throughout the process of applying for CPT and in, and in working. We also have our drop-in advising available where students with really specific questions could come and talk to an advisor one-on-one um, -on -one and get that reassurance or additional information or next step. So definitely checking out our website. Students can contact us through our website. We have an embedded email service. It's called have a question form. So students can send us their questions through there and, and expect to hear back from us through that service as well. Thank you, Kiwi. And Caitlin, also, again, thank you for, uh, thank you both for this wonderful podcast and then for being willing to share your time and expertise with students. I am certain that after listening to the podcast, students feel more confident about uh, what an internship is and what are some of the ways in which they can stand out, but also about the timeline and things that they need to keep in mind when pursuing internships. Uh, thank you again. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening. Both Kivi and Caitlin share a lot of information that we hope is useful when you prepare to look for an internship. Also, make sure to check out the Circle website to learn more about all the coming events that we have at circle.ew.edu. But you could also reach us uh, throughout the year uh, via email at uwcircle.ew.edu. That's all for now. Stay tuned for our next podcast so you can stay in the loop.